paid by legal tender. I paid by legal tender. I paid by legal tender in this dystopian place. So, uh, first thing to say, a question of sport still exists, apparently. Yeah, I saw it last night on television. Um, well, when I say I saw it, I mean I saw that it existed for uh, a second and a half before turning off with utter <laughs> bored disgust, like I have done since 1986. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I apologise um, <laughs> for the disinformation from last You, did, last you did disinform. Yeah. I was going to say last week, but we didn't do one last week because Matt Alford cancelled. Yeah, I did. I don't usually yeah. usually very reliable. Also, the thing about this podcast, which is a real podcast, is that it's British. It's one hundred percent British. British people yeah. doing a British podcast, and we're proud to say that we're a British institution. Unlike GB News, mm. I was shocked to find out. Did you know that Dan Wooton isn't British? <laughs> now I and I don't know what they do over there in New Zealand, right? Like, I've got no judgments about people in New Zealand. But over here in Britain, it's just not on to make a pseudonym of yourself online, befriend closeted gay men, and then invite gay-only fan performers to their houses and then attempt to film them having sex in order to blackmail them. That's just It's just not the British way. Like, I, I, maybe what they do in uh, New Zealand, I don't know. But it's just not what we do here. And so I was thinking we should just... Can we get can we get all, all the Kiwis out of Britain? <laughs> we, that was like it might not out? be true. I think it's safer. Look, I, do, I don't know. I just think it's safer that we don't. I don't know what they do in New Zealand. They might do that. They might do other things. I don't know. But I think it's just safer if we get them out. If we have a ban, we have a travel ban on people from New Zealand. We figure out what is going on over there. <laughs> then we can let them in. All right. Travel ban until we figure yeah, out. Until we figure out what the hell is going on over there. <laughs> also, Australia as well, right? I mean, you know, Rolf Harris. The list the list goes on. <laughs> well, fortunately, Rolf Harris has been uh, destroyed in a drone strike. Also uh, on one of Obama's Terror Tuesdays. I mean, I think I I mean, I don't know if people say Australia and New Zealand are different. I can't tell the difference between those people. I think we should just get all of them out of this country. And certainly they shouldn't be on a, a news channel called Great British News. Well, I, I realized I was the other day that um, I, was, I was like, God, this is a horrible racist cabinet that we've got in our country, this Tory cabinet. Um, and it's ironic because they're the most diverse cabinet um, that we've had um, ever. And uh, I was like, that's, you know, it's weird. It's so ironic. And I was like, it's, and it's even more ironic that, uh, I can't remember what I was going to say now. <laughs> I've lost my thread. Thank, thank you, Matt. I'm sure there's a clever joke somewhere there. <laughs> I've just completely fucking strangled. <laughs> the other thing about Dan Wutard, right, is that he's been, his Daily Mail column's been cancelled. Oh, he God. Sorry, I don't really, I don't, I don't like this story. It sounds like everything about it is so rumory and sordid, and no, that's definitely happened. He definitely doesn't isn't writing his column for the Daily Mail at the moment. No, and, yeah, it's not a rumor. All right, yeah. Honestly, anyway, that's... I haven't been talking about Dan Wooten up until now. I've been talking about what I surmise are the practices of people of New Zealand. I don't know <laughs> what Dan Wooten's up to. <laughs> so he worked for um, the Daily Mail. Uh, and since the allegations have come out, they've cancelled his uh, whatever. But GB News, he's still on every night on GB News at the moment. 
And he's, yes. he hasn't denied any of the allegations. That's the other thing. Well, no. I know any of the allegations. There's been quite a lot. But he hasn't denied the main thing that he is this this pseudonym online. I think it's Martin Branning who's been yeah. these things. Um, the other thing about that, though, is GB News also employs um, ex-Tory uh, MP Michael Portillo, who's, you know, uh, coincidentally happens to be on holiday at the moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no. oh, poor old Michael. I hope that hasn't and, uh And he also, uh, also GB News employs current Conservative MP uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg. Mm. If you're an active member of parliament working on a TV channel with someone who's up against these extraordinary allegations. Oh, well, extraordinary by British standards, probably, you know, half of the course. <laughs> not my news, yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's like, can we can we get something on Reese Mogg? <laughs> I don't want to reveal the agenda here, but that's really what it's all about. Well, oh, just everything about that is gross. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like the. Don't like it. Uh, I don't. I don't understand the allegations. And it, I mean, could I well, don't. It could understand. well be that if Reese, if uh, thingy Reese Mogg and Michael Portillo have been, they may have just been having sex with each other or something. And what Reese Mogg and Portillo? I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I, what are you talking about? I don't know. I wasn't talking about that. That's not what I meant at all. But oh. I'm glad that you've thrown that in there. Yeah. That, that... No, I don't like thinking about any of it, really. No. Well, I just find it. I have this weird thing when I when I see these kind of things that they make me feel a little bit exhausted because what kind of things? Well, so when this was going on, Wuton, he was like a, a, a really high level. Um, he was like the main celebrity journalist for the Sun newspaper. At the oh time yeah, of and like that is that's a really like I imagine competitive job to get, and you have to work really mm. hard to get into these positions. And stuff. Like, I can I can barely run like a sort of semi-employed like life of failure. That tires me out, you know, a lot. Uh, I, I'm sort of always running late for things and forgetting things. If I was like a you know a high level journalist, you know, in a very competitive field with this you know um, very very busy job, then on the side I'm doing this like elaborate kind of ruse to like con gay people and humiliate. I mean, I just I just find it's almost impressive, and I do feel like about a lot of these sort of people like serial killers and stuff. They often have like really really good jobs and like. So yeah, in, in that respect, you know, hats off that to Wuton. Actually, I've I've turned I've come totally around to it. He's a, <laughs> seems like he's just he's one of those like people that could just like have multiple plates spinning. It's kind of impressive. Well, uh, I'm glad that you've uh, I'm glad that you've come to some resolution. More hardworking people from New Zealand that can multitask like Tan Wuton. <laughs> well, what what would you do in your spare time if you were uh, remotely capable? Like I like these serial killers. Um, actually, well, yesterday I did have a bit of time off and I went shopping in uh, Oxford Street and I, I got out of the station into uh, I walked into a uh, TikTok um, like shoplifting mob, which this is the latest thing like uh, Oxford Street's kind of been overrun in the last few months. It's become this trend of people on TikTok saying, hey, let's all meet up in Oxford Street tomorrow at this time. And then like thousands of you. Oh, wow. Uh, arrive and the, so the police are just constantly there's just massive police um presence on oxford street at the moment because these kids just come and you know a couple of hundred of them just run into primark and just rob the place 
Have you seen that trend of people putting um, buckets on people's heads? Yes. Like, um... Oh, that's what I do. If I had more time, I'd put buckets <laughs> on people's heads. <laughs> I just don't have the time or the buckets. Yeah, I, I quite, yeah, it's, I mean, it's actually comes out of that bit. So there's this guy, Mizzy. I don't know if you saw this guy, he blew up. He, I've been watching him on TikTok a while because he's, he's local and TikTok is, it, it, you can have it. It's very locally orientated. So a lot of my TikToks come from Hackney and like people doing things in Hackney and Mizzy was one of these guys. He'd go around Hackney. Doing, some of it was kind of funny and interesting. Some of it was really, really horrible. So he, he the main thing he'd do would go to places like KFC uh or McDonald's and just walk like just calmly walk straight through the counter area and into the kitchens and just kind oh, of right. <laughs> just walk around in the kitchen area at the back there uh and just cause confusion. Uh but but then he started doing stuff like walking into people's houses if the door was open, like if it was you know summer and they just were like sort of uh, yeah. It was there was some pretty horrible stuff. Anyway, that became like a big thing, and then he was on Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan interviewed him about it, and it was a whole thing about how disgusting he was. Um, and it's pretty bad. But one, he was also involved in this stuff, like a lot of this stuff, like the putting buckets on people's heads and stuff. It's, it's I, I can't stop watching it, <laughs> but it's it's not great. It's not great. Like the bucket on stuff is a bit harmless. But at the same time, you don't really know what the person you're putting the bucket on's head. So the 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 noun for it, the noun phrase, the man whose bucket is on head put person. You don't know what yeah. they're going through in their life at that moment, right? I do feel like I feel like quite sensitive about that, like asking people stuff or judging people in the street uh, when they're being rude or you know. I just I feel like you you don't know where someone is any. You know, it's yeah, the best thing is have, to approach people very politely and be very forgiving with how they react. We all have an effect on people, though. Maybe, maybe putting the bucket on the head helps. It's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's what they needed. <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, Mizzy. So Mizzy was one of the first people where. So he got got a big following on TikTok, and then he'd he'd sort of do these like meetups at like Westfield and stuff, and he'd say, "Come meet me at Westfield." all these kids would turn up and then and you know i'm not saying it was mizzy's fault but it did often end in them going and running around a shop and smashing up stuff i'm not saying that was mizzy directly but his fan base that certainly uh has a propensity for that kind of thing it could have been michael portillo and um jacob reese morgan yeah yeah a big fan typical what was the other thing I was going to say? Uh, oh, yeah. Fuck off back to New Zealand. That was my main. That's the main thing of this. Fuck off back to New Zealand. Uh, I think it's all right to say fuck off back to anywhere now because the deputy chairman of the of the Conservative Party, Lee Anderson, said it. So it's it's I think it's like it's it's legitimate now. It's like legitimate. It's how politicians speak. I just want this. I want this show to be like a serious political show. So I'm I'm looking for role models from the political world. Deputy Chairman of the Conservative Party seems like a good start. He said he said that migrants who don't want to live on barges should fuck off back to France. Oh yeah, yeah, I did that's, see that. That's, that's that's how we speak now. It's worth remembering that Lee Anderson used to be a Labour councillor. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. In 2018, he was a Labour up until 2018, he was a Labour councillor, but he left complaining of the hard left infiltration of mentamites and the Corbyn leadership. Mm. But luckily, Starmer has got rid of, rid of all that. So I'm thinking Lee Anderson should come back. 
Yeah. I mean, if, if it happened, succeeded, <clears throat> like one of the Starmer's thing was to get the people that had been repelled by Corbyn back into the party. So I'm, I'm hoping that Lee Anderson <laughs> can join, join the Labour Party again. That would be a real sign to me that Starmer's, because I'm worried that Starmer hasn't really done the job. But when, when Lee Anderson is back at the Labour Party, I know that they've, def- they finally defeated Corbynism and they're back <laughs> on the right track. So that's yeah. my, uh, yeah, that's my plea to Starmer. Get Lee Anderson back, and then you'll get me back. Will they Will they ever, though, feel that they've completed that project of crushing? Because <laughs> isn't that, it's almost like a nature of psychology. When you're, when you're crushing uh, somebody or an idea, you never feel that you've entirely crushed it. You need to continue the crushing forever and ever and ever. Um, yeah, can you give, give an example? Well, I don't know. Any kind of any genocide through history is always like pre- uh, predicated on the idea that the enemy was, um, you know, defeating them. Uh, I mean, e- even go to the the Holocaust, you know. Oh, let's not do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, is that, <laughs> that is that where we have to go? Probably not the best uh, segue, but you know, like the, it's just it's just an inherent thing, isn't it? If human beings, if they're being horrible to a group, they say that they're they say that they're a threat, but obviously, like. Then they're just they're not going to be in any of those uh, sort of circumstances. Yeah, uh, it's a construction where they feel that they need to keep on keep the fight going. Yeah, it's the thing about the Holocaust is like you get I got taught it tw- twice, possibly three times at history during uh, during school, and like it's the only thing I know about, and yet you're not allowed to use it to like help you understand the rest of history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah can't. you are you're just not allowed to you're just not allowed no to you're not allowed at the end of a uh thread on social media to yeah no because the the um the the super woke israeli lobby are against yeah. you using it yeah but you're allowed to use you're allowed to discuss the holocaust you're allowed to compare well not compare but you know no. what i mean like show that it, no. it use it as an example of of what something really bad no it's, it's not something it's not something really bad it's the thing that is the worst of the there is no comparisons yeah uh could we make the israeli lobby super woke could that be a way i think yeah i think if we can we can get a coalition there between the anti-woke i'm trying to make things woke so that I can get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you are you are the woke though, aren't you? Aren't you the you're the grand wizard of the woke or artist? No, but I've, uh, woke's not cool anymore. So I'm trying to I'm trying to change. Uh... Yeah, um, no one wants to be woke anymore. So I'm I'm like trying to get so the Israeli lo- lobby try and make that woke. And I don't think you should be getting involved with the Israeli lobby, let alone in the same sentence as <laughs> the genocide against Jewish people. <laughs> <laughs> that just, was not woke. It's all the Holocaust. That, wasn't that whole thing is just not worth. Uh, not no, worth you're right. You should just getting into a discussion a about. Um, as as you, if you know, if you know Norm, uh, Norman Finkelstein uh, and his famous book, The Holocaust Industry. Um, yeah, I've not read not that. Have you? For him, in that sense. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the thing. That's, that's why, really, on this channel, I, I want to stress this is a comedy channel. Like we make <laughs> no, we have no political views on anything at all. We're just having a having a laugh, having a good time, <clears throat> enjoy it. You know, it's just like 
It's like a not a question it's quite of sport. Difficult, isn't it? Actually, what was the funny thing that question of sport like the rival with um fuck who was on who was on it Nick. I want to say Nick Griffin, but <laughs> Nick Cotton. Who do you, do you remember Griffin. that there was Please like a there was like a comedy there was a, there was a huh. Nick Griffin was the leader of the BNP who was on Question Time. Yeah, yeah, about I know, I know who Nick Griffin was. That's why I, well, I wanted, to, I wanted, to, I always want to say him, but it's not, it's never him. He's would never... you, would you invite Nick Griffin <laughs> on to a Question of Sport? <laughs> <laughs> no, what was the comedy Question of Sport thing? It was like another. There was a rival Question of, like not rival, but like a. Oh, um, the one with Rory McGrath and David Gower. Who was the like, the presenter? It was like a grey haired guy called nick he was big in the late 90s he's completely gone now he had a weird voice yeah he, he sounded a bit like rfk actually yeah <laughs> i know like yeah. gruff... hang on who, who, who oh, was that so guy i really want to know now yeah i want to know if only there was a way how uh... do you get on the internet why don't you get on the internet matt and find out well uh... we need a producer for this show uh where yeah, we do uh Nick panel show, oh god! <laughs> Nick panel show comedy. They think it's all over, and it was called Nick Hancock. Nick Hancock, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has gone completely. Where the hell is he? Where's gone? Nick Hancock gone? He should be on GB News. Yeah, getting off with. Are you going? Don't go back to your sordid fantasies. <laughs> it wasn't my sordid fantasy. It was trying to follow what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> Uh, well, if you haven't been following that story, then it was a bit late now. Um, well, so, uh, I guess the time to going? follow it is when uh, is when it's been proved one way or another, <laughs> rather than just spitting out feverish bunch, speculation around a bunch of allegations about someone before anything has gone to court. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, so Corbyn might be running for mayor of London. Have you heard about oh, that? Oh, yeah. Well, from what I saw, there was a bit of a discussion about whether he was going to stand as an independent or run for mayor of London. Um, and I guess the question is, what what good could he do in either role? <laughs> <laughs> for a well, while, I think, well, it's better for him to stay in Parliament because then at least he can like talk about foreign policy, whereas being mayor is more likely to be... Uh, to, to focus on um, the affairs of London, but um, well, I, I think, think there's there's a yeah. I mean, you could look at it the other way and say um, he'd probably have more success or get less pushback as the mayor, yeah, because he wouldn't be dealing from. But to be honest, I don't think that's true because the the the, the position of mayor of London is 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 a really high profile position, mm. whereas being an independent MP, he's easily sidelined. By the yeah, I think you might be right. I think maybe mayor is a good, is a good bet if if he could. Would he be able to win it? Um, yes, yes, he right. would. Well, that would be great then, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's precedent, right? Well, definitely precedent because Boris Johnson did it. Well, and no, he did jolly well. Well, I don't mean this precedent as in other people have won mayor. No, but then he <laughs> went on to become prime minister. Oh, I, well, oh, right. I didn't realize we were, we were going that far. Okay, so oh, yeah, we're definitely going that far. What the, what's the point? Unless at least at, at the end of this well, process, I mean, the point. The, the point is least... he can get rid of Ulez, and we can get back to uh, I don't know, decent because <laughs> that... you know his brothers against Ulez. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, but we did we did see his brother, didn't we? Do the uh, 
pay with pay with cash instead of card yeah yeah oh, we should definitely talk about that that's massive massive news. <laughs> yeah. no one's talking about it uh we're the only channel that have dared to discuss cash is woke that's the problem with cash it's too woke i'm anti-woke no cash isn't woke oh what oh what no cash is why um, because because you anti-woke. like cash you just you just because you like it anti-woke you can't no. No, because yeah, you're not getting this. <laughs> Go on, explain. You're not, you're not getting the whole the whole conspiracy. There's the um the progressive woke agenda is to create a cashless society so that we are all forced to live like uh, the Chinese government want us to live with direct influence from the Chinese government as well. Yeah, China's China's woke. It's communist. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so th- but that's what I'm saying. So they were they and oh aunt- shit no, I mean fuck no. China's not woke. Sorry, I I misspoke. I've told you China's not woke. It's a dictatorship. No, no, you're what, wrong. What are the China um? Is- what are the what are the trans <laughs> rights is in in China? How how are trans rights there? Well, okay, that well that's true, but I guess that's. Well, just I actually d- I genuinely have no idea. But I, I imagine guess the world's the world's just complicated, isn't it? So it's not quite as simple as i'm oh, saying no one wants to hear that but definitely that, that is not that is a bad way to go right it's not complicated it's either woke or not woke <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's true yeah forgot about that yeah uh, no one wants to hear about your complications that yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah I've uh, made a mistake there, haven't I? Um, making anyway well yeah we'll, we'll we'll get back to piers corbin let's stay with with jeremy corbin for now okay um yeah yeah so but we- what we want is at the end of it, I don't want Jeremy Corbyn to, you know, be uh, be in support of some union or something. At the end of this process, in like three years' time, I want Jeremy Corbyn either to be Prime Minister or to at least be like Secretary of State for Foreign Affairs or something like that. Three um, years' after, time. Uh, after Keir Starmer's been got rid of somehow. So Keir um, Starmer wins the election, what, in, in two well, years? Well, yeah, it's yeah. not really... Re- if Keir Starmer wins the election, then... Obviously, the chances of you know it's impossible for Corbyn to to get back in in any way, but I don't know. Is it possible in say five years' time, um, if Starmer is out for some peculiar reason or another? You mean you mean Corbyn to become leader of the Labour Party again and become? I don't know. Like, or even if not leader of the Labour Party, can he become um, foreign secretary or something like that? In the Labour, you mean in the Labour Party though? This this is what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who else is it going to be for? Fucking <laughs> Lib Dems aren't going to be forming a government anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I'd Corbyn in the Labour Party that that would be quite a turnaround. Although, yeah, I mean, it's, it was a rapid, uh, you know, easy yeah, come, I easy mean, go. Anything can happen. I mean, I, I, I kind of think it's all over, really, and it did do on uh, in November. You think it's all over with Nick Hancock? <laughs> yeah, that was with Nick Hancock. Yeah. I kind of think it's since um, the election in twenty nineteen. I think it's. It's dead. It's done for a generation now. Yeah, but definitely. I'm just wondering. You know, is there a possibility Starmer? Fa- you know, Starmer gets in, but Starmer falls for some reason, some scandal, or just because everyone's he's drunk, he falls over. Awful. Um, and then you know, uh, maybe there's one or two people who just want to uh, 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 throw a sock to the left. Um, so then <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe the, the other thing, things could change on the ground. I mean, uh. In terms of foreign policy, there's going to be this constant. Uh, we're, we're now going to be moving into we're moving into this trajectory against the war in Ukraine, um, 
and you know against rising prices and all these kind of things um yeah there's going to be a lot of the, the cultural economic political social changes um over the coming years everything's going to be very um volatile um and so the possibility of that being reflected in um in parliament uh, is also there i mean i do think it's a stretch to um to imagine that um that corbyn could possibly come back um but you know say he does become mayor of london when's the election for that next year yeah i mean so that say, would that say is he a big comeback mayor of london yeah incredibly popular does really well um there's a massive shift against what's happening in uh ukraine um everything aligns uh, you know the public opinion aligns with foreign policy uh, with corbyn's views on foreign policy um and he's a, one of the most prominent politicians in the country as mayor of london um yeah it's, i mean it's the, there's the possibility then of him actually having some kind of um platform to uh to enter a a, a labor uh, a labor government uh, in the cabinet it is ridiculous though because it's all about corbyn there is no one else it's about how do we get corbyn you know he's, he's well, that's like what we're saying that's what me and you are saying um but you know there might be other you know there no i checked I, I <laughs> you checked and there's no one else well that is the problem i guess we're talking a little bit symbolically um you know there are your diane abbotts and your john mcdonald's and but it is a, i mean but... just take ken livingstone for example he mm. basically thatcher got rid of the the greater london council whatever it was and then they let um blair brought it back as the gla and then the first election of that um obviously labor and conservatives both put a candidate up Ken Livingstone wanted to go up as the Labour candidate. I think he was an MP at the time for Labour. Um, they blocked him, so he decided to run independently, so they kicked him out of the party. And then Ken Livingstone, as an independent, in the first election of the GLA, absolutely trounced uh, the Labour candidate and beat the Tory candidate as well and be became the mayor. I think, it, like, Livingstone won it, Tories were second, and I think Labour were third. They were very, Labour and Conservatives basically both got a small amount of the vote. And Livingstone absolutely wiped the floor with them. Next election, Labour <laughs> come crawling back, cap, cap in hand, and they're like, uh, Ken Livingstone, can you be our candidate? And so then he became the layer. So he was the independent mayor of London, then became the Labour um, mayor of uh, London. Mm. Uh, and then he was sort of back in the Labour party, and then it was Corbyn's time. Uh, and then he obviously was kicked out. Uh, Francis. Yeah, um, so actually that's a really good comparison, isn't it? That's 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 a possibility and a projection for the future, and it's probably also the um, the Labour Party's nightmare of what could happen is that it could be a, a Ken Livingston situation uh, occur again, as as it did uh, as it did with Ken Livingston in the in the what nineties was it? Um, I think yeah, the, the, it was because 2000s. Corbyn could do that um, by developing. Yeah, I think I mean it's really interesting because you just don't know what the media. We don't know what what's actually going on on the ground. How popular Corbyn is, right? Because you, you, you get you don't, he's not he's not a prominent politician. He's not really he's not doesn't have a platform on any kind. Like if he's running a campaign, then he has to be on the TV, you know, talking mm. about what he's going to do for London, and 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 also he he can be going around. I mean, the the spectacle of it will be, however well he actually does in the election, he has a really big um core support who will come out on mass and watch him speak you know in outdoor you know in, in parks and stuff around london there will be a real energy behind the campaign and in that process 
much like as in 2017, simply him being prominently on the TV talking about politics may win other people over again. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if you'll need winning over. I'm not sure that he's that unpopular, really, outside of the, the media bubble. But if he does, uh, the one thing, though, I think because of the anti-Semitism stuff, I feel like he'd have to address that full on. And you, I, I don't know, maybe that's just me. I want that reckoning of him coming out and explaining what he sees, what, you know, the sort of JBL side to the story, that this is, this has been a smear campaign. And people that have been worried about anti-Semitism who are genuinely worried have really been duped into, into worrying about something that wasn't an issue. And that has been damaging, obviously, for Labour electorally. It's been damaging for individuals who've got caught up in it. Possibly most of all, Jeremy Corbyn himself. And well, that kind of exposure... Is most damaging for the country <laughs> and the world, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. But also for Jeremy Corbyn himself. Yeah, well, that's a harder argument to because that's like, well, then you actually have to, have to think that you know free broadband's a good thing and stuff like that. But, you know, an actual just a sort of fair play thing of Britain. There's just that element of it being silly. Like, Yeah, well, what wanted... a surprise. You know, politicians lie. Uh, uh, people yeah. keep forgetting that every five minutes. You know, they keep saying it and then they forget that it applies. Well, that, yeah, I feel like we, that moment is kind of... There was a moment sort of uh, before 2015 where... There was this very this sort of cynicism w with politicians and and with mainstream media and stuff. And now we're going back. It's like sort of scaremongering against fake news, like this podcast. <laughs> like online media is is scary and bad, and we need to support the mainstream media against any kind of alternative narratives or online media or, yeah. or any politicians because they're all Russian agents. That's the problem. Mm. Yeah. We haven't got any Russian money as of yet, uh, Matt. But I will. Um, I'll let will you, you know. share it. I'm trying. I will share it. I'm. I'm. We're trying. Obviously, we're trying to appeal to to, to Russian backers. We just haven't got them yet. Well, Ru Russian money won't be worth anything anyway because of our very very effective sanctions. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, maybe we could yeah, get kick some... in any day now and win the day. <laughs> we get some money from Niger. Niger. Mm. Have you been following that? Is it possible to follow it? I, I, I have not followed it in detail. I tried to watch some news reports on it and I was just like... Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I win yet? I mean, there's been barely any news on it. And so there's been a coup. This is what I can gather. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people who are backing the coup have been waving Russian flags. Yeah. Uh, and Russian Wagner um, mercenaries are now in there, and the Fr French military are leaving, or maybe they're, they're maybe they're leaving to like regroup, and then they're going to come yeah. back. I don't know. But and they sent the Americans sent Victoria Newland, didn't they, in to presumably try and persuade them to uh, to go back to what it was before um, Francophile um, democracy. So maybe this is is this one of those ones where the Americans aren't absolutely horrendously shit um or not. Uh I yeah, it's a really good <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> you ask that question and nine times out of ten, the answer is no, no, sorry. It's the, the, it's still that they're incredibly yeah. 
Well, good, I mean, it's important to make clear that it's they're either absolutely horrendously shit or just mostly horrendously shit. It's not. There's not like they're good. That's not really on the table. Yeah. It's just. It might be more more complicated. It's not a well. Which one's woke? Is it? The, <laughs> no, no, that's a good question. Is it the uh, American uh, CFA frat? So basically, I don't know a lot of people know about this, but um, a lot of these West African countries that are ex colonies of France, they're in a kind of economic grouping called the CFA franc, where they all have a currency that's pegged, well, initially to the French Pegging franc. Pegging is definitely woke. Pegging is woke. <laughs> But uh, they obviously now it's connected to the euro because the franc doesn't exist anymore. But basically, France has just been lording it over these countries economically for years, controlling exactly uh, how much money they can like use. A lot of their money like uh, is kept in France in the French vaults. It's uh, and the French military have been like fucking about there for ages. Lots of French companies in there. Um, so Nigeria is a. Uh, What's it got? I want to say polonium, but that's that's Russia. I can't get Russia off my mind. Whatever, mm. utonium. You, utonium. Ut- <laughs> what, what is that? Is that even? That's, is that from Avatar Three? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uranium. Um, utopian. U- U- utopian. <laughs> uranium, I think, isn't it? Uranium, right? Yeah, uranium. So France needs a lot of uranium for their. Uh, Power stations, and they've been taking it from Nigeria for ages with French companies. And um, clearly, like this is all over Africa, their resources are just—it's all international companies that run, that extract their resources. Uh, And you might have noticed, I've noticed that Africa, like, it it doesn't clearly doesn't get much money from it. It's very poor. Yeah, (laughs) it's not much money there. Yet there's lots of resources. Uh, So I'm, you know. There's obviously corruption in the African governments themselves, but the system as it's been for the last 50, 60 years has not really been working for these countries. There was a coup in Mali uh, the other year for sort of similar reasons of anti-French, get these Western companies out. But then they look to Russia. I don't know if looking to Russia is the best uh, way forward, but at least I think, you know, it's this polar multiverse of madness. Um power system where the americans are no longer in charge of everything it's kind of i mean it's kind of like a it's a buyer's market right places like nigeria can be like well what can russia do for us Mm. what can the french do for us and they may be playing them off against each other Uh, but of course this is all speculation because none of this is in the bbc article that i read about (laughs) it said absolutely nothing I mean, it's just no way of... I, I was trying to read some more independent media about what was going on, but there's really little. There's very little. I have no idea what's going on. There. The only thing I do know, other interesting thing, is that they're building the Trans-Saharan Pipeline from Nigeria to Europe at the moment to get the gas Trans-Saharan from Pipeline? Yeah. That's definitely woke. <laughs> That's, uh, but that goes through Nigeria. And there's a lot. there's a lot of need to build it right now because all the pipelines in Europe keep blowing up, Matt. I don't know if you mm. noticed that. So they're trying to get a new pipeline from Nigeria. Uh, people in Nigeria are saying um, it's foreign companies extract, you know, extracting resources from Nigeria, uh, and Nigerian people aren't getting much money for it. Pipelines running through Niger, and um, it gives them a lot of leverage, possibly. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I ju- I would love some some actual uh, decent reporting on this. Um, I don't know. I can't. I can't work it out from my bedroom, unfortunately. 
But well, um, I think you did a good maybe, summary. Uh, maybe it'll be a good thing for the people of Nigeria, or maybe they'll be sanctioned to to shit, and French military will go in and they'll all be killed. Mm. Sounds like that would be quite a. They're not really talking about that, are they? They're not really talking about military intervention. Uh, the fact that the Americans have sent over a politician um, to discuss it, <laughs> rather than immediately saying we're going to destroy this goddamn <laughs> this thing, um, suggests to me that it will be uh, negotiated out uh, rather than the use of force. What do you what do you think? But I think they want to bring the president back. Yeah, yeah, that, I'm sure they do. But um, I don't know uh, if they're not talking about lines in the sand and. Um, the use of military force, etc. Um, at this point, I, I don't know if they'll. I don't know if they'll do it. I think they'd have said it in the first forty-eight hours. Oh really? I think they could escalate. It could be like, mm. oh, oh, yeah, actually, maybe. Um, we found weapons know. of mass destruction. Actually, oh, have you seen the anti-Semitism? Uh, have mm. you seen the the anti-trans? We need to go in there. <laughs> um, I don't know. I another proxy war: Russian mercenaries versus. Well, I think a, a also coalition of African nations on behalf of France. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think I think the United States is is quite busy with its uh, war in Ukraine, and if anything, it's trying to continue this pivot to Asia. In other words, focusing more on uh, on China, um, and for it to get distracted by um, uh, by a change of power uh, in uh, in Africa, in West Africa. Would be, um, I don't know. I think perhaps it's uh, perhaps they're not going to be that bothered about that one. I think that I think they've taken on. Uh, a lot. I don't know because the the mo uranium comes from like the biggest exporter. I think is Russia, so that's a bit of a problem at the moment. Um, if if you want to move towards nuclear power for green reasons, whatever. Um, They'll just negotiate though with the with the new group that's got in. They, well, yeah, but the, the new group. To... But Russia is getting heavily involved in Africa. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, you're right. I mean, this is another thing. I don't know if this is true, actually, but I've heard this, that one of the few things that haven't been sanctioned from Russia is uh, the export, the exportion, whatever, of uh, uranium. So America right. is still getting its uranium for Russia, despite everything else. So, yeah, you, you can you can find when it's important, you can find ways around. Yeah. I guess that's so that. I mean, it's kind of it's a it's a message it's a message of hope. I think for us all. I guess it's so that countries can build nuclear power stations. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can see that there's there's some method in the madness there, perhaps from from the. Uh, Method in madness. Talking about method madness. uh, Piers Corbyn. I'm thinking, could he be Britain's RFK Junior? <laughs> no, Nick Hancock is Britain's RFK. Oh, is he going to make a comeback? <laughs> He's been in the mountains. I've just been in the mountains for years, like thinking, solitary, just inside. I, I, there's too much talking. There's too much bullshit online. I've just been there, but not like cutting himself I off. I mean, Nick Hancock, as in uh, from uh, they think it's all over. Yeah, yeah. He's been in the mountains, but he's not been cutting himself off. He's just been silent, silently reading Twitter for 10 years, absorbing mm. it all. And he's going to come down from the mountain and explain exactly what is woke and what isn't woke. Mm. And then we can get on with our lives. That would be like very much a modern uh, Moses, wouldn't it? 
yeah, the tablets. Someone, what someone is what is it? Piers, Piers Corbin came down from the mountaintop and said, This is what is woke, and this is what Stealing ox is woke. Is woke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Coveting ass <laughs> is anti-woke. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, because I sent you a video the other week um, when we were going to do the podcast, but you didn't, you cancelled. I bet. Uh, doing, um, what was it? Piers Corbin going to some kind of shop. I know, I don't know which one it was. Maybe co-op? No, it was Al- I think it was Aldi. It was yeah. a cashless Aldi, which I didn't know existed. Yeah. But anyway, so he was in one of these futuristic Aldis and he's getting some cherries or grapes. <laughs> really should... Try and watch the videos again. This is a week ago that I watched this. I can't remember. We'll we'll put the video up. But he's trying to get some fruit, and he had the exact amount of change for it, and he put the change on the counter, and he used that classic phrase "legal tender," mm. and uh, he said, "This is legal tender. This is legal tender, and um, this is the exact amount of money that you need, you know, for these this gr- bunch of grapes, whatever it was." And I'm 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 giving you the money. I'm putting it there, and I'm walking out with these grapes because I paid for them. And they were like, you can't do that. This is a cashless Audi. <laughs> and, uh, and there was people outside cheering. Yeah. Cheering on. I'm going to buy some strawberries and I'm offering exactly the right amount of money here on the help desk. So you people take that money, £1.90, and I will take my strawberries outside. I mean, I, I think there's something to be said about cash, but... Also, that's just being a bit annoying, isn't it? Being a bit like well, it's a, it's bit a, a sort of woke protest. It's like just stop oil. Not woke, some it's bullshit. not a woke protest. That's an anti-woke protest. I don't understand why you can't get this. Like, <laughs> because cash is more traditional. So um and it is uh, and it gives people flexibility and it's better for older people who don't necessarily have all the cards and all the gizmos and all the gadgets and the um phones and all that. Um, Are you saying being against old people is woke? Maybe. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you might yes. be right. Yeah, that's why all the all that's why all the right wing people are, are all um, fusty old fusty old folk. Yeah. Um, and the, but it's also it's not just about the practicality of it. It's also because of the idea that a cashless society can be more easily controlled in the same way that the Chinese government can control people more more easily through computerized systems and um, their value on a social strata and all that. Um, so you can be kicked out of your whatever, your bank account, um, because you, you know, for, for whatever reason, political reason or whatever. I but if know. Got, but if cash is. continues to exist. I know. Um, and you can't buy drugs and you can't give money to homeless people. Yeah. Exactly. So there are all these reasons that, that mess up people's freedoms if they don't have cash. But you so, can do a lot of this stuff using crypto. But is crypto's woke, I guess. That's the problem. But crypto's not totally woke. woke. Because... And I don't know if I'd go up to a homeless person and say, do you accept crypto? Maybe you should, Matt. Maybe you shouldn't <laughs> be so judgmental. Crypto isn't woke anyway because Elon Musk likes it and he's not woke. Well, that's true. That's yeah. That's where there is some. The thing about Elon Musk is that he's anti woke, but he his main thing that he does is sell electric cars, and they're definitely woke. I don't know. Maybe he's a genius yeah. after all. Maybe he's he's actually going to sell electric cars to because people like um, Jeremy Clarkson absolutely hate 
Elon Musk, even though they probably get on like a house on fire. It's just that he sells electric cars and Jeremy Clarkson hates that kind of shit. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess it's people are complicated, aren't they? Um, that's what No, we... they're not. They're either woke or not woke. <laughs> well, that's what we need. We need, we need the man on the hills to come down. Well, the thing about the, ca- the the problem with the cash thing is that I obviously I agree with you, but I don't use cash. I haven't used cash for like at least a year, right. maybe longer. Um, and I don't think any. I mean, maybe I'm in a bubble, but it, people, no one is using cash as much as they did two or three years ago, as much mm. as they were six months ago, right? So we're on a trajectory. Some people aren't, don't really use cash at all anymore. Like me, I, I, I just rarely ever get it. And the, the thing is, you can't get it anymore. There's two cash points in my high street. One of them's never got any money and the other one's often broken because mm. they're not used. The infrastructure for that's falling apart. Mm. And I I don't see um, any way back to despite like, and you'd have to have like a massive movement. And again, it would probably have to be international. Um yeah. Maybe Piers Morgan. I don't. I don't. Piers Morgan. <laughs> Maybe Piers Corbyn. But also, um, I don't know what RFK Junior's feeling is about cash. He's probably in, in favor of cash. I think it's got a popular. If you could get something going, it's got there's a popular appeal about it. It's a popular appeal, but at the same time, individually, everybody is going towards cashless because it is yeah. just much more convenient. You're not going to use cash. No, I know what you mean, but I think that that trend has been uh, in place for. 35 years um no probably longer 40 40 years um so but the point is to maintain the principle that people are allowed to carry around cash yeah, um, yeah. and the concern is from your anti-woke types like your peers corbyn's that the government at some point will say do you know what we're getting rid of it now completely bye bye it'll go the way of the of the old phone box the old red telephone box um and uh uh, and they, like you say, things won't be, um, you know, it will just be used as a as a tool to sort of clamp down on people. I'm not sure if it will be, um, because I'm not really sure how much simply having a few tenors lying around um, defends your democratic rights against a kind of dictate. Dic- well, that's the thing. Like you say, well, you know, people can cancel your bank account, a uh, drop of a hat and stuff like that. And then so, you wouldn't be able to get cash out anyway. Right. Like, so what you um, should Yeah, you it should does seem like a bit of a non-issue. But like I half think... of your savings in cash under your bed. I know some people do do that. Uh, may- maybe we'll go back to that. Maybe, maybe we're going to say like, uh, maybe just, because people we were talking about crypto being a sort of revolution in banking. Maybe the revolution will be that everybody just goes back to keeping cash in the house and we don't use banks at all. That would be quite good. We go back to fully cash. I think that's the way to do it. The the UK is a fully cash like there there'll be no credit cards no um... that could be the new that could be the new Brexit couldn't it it's like yeah. we're going back to cash with no more cards then no we can go back cards. to precious metals and you have to carry Run around back to the Stone Age <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know Piers Morgan he's a, I, I, Piers Morgan I can't that my main problem is I can't stop calling him Piers Morgan which is definitely going to be bad for his campaign maybe good Piers Corbyn. I think he he's one of those sort of figures that in in this sort of the turmoil at the moment, he could sort of rise up and start a new kind of moderate reform party. <laughs> I think perhaps Piers... Radically Corbyn moderate. Is, I think he probably doesn't have the kind of political sway and heft that, 
that you're giving him credit for. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's about seventy five and well, it says uh, Corbin never really. Uh... I think it should be Piers Corbin versus uh, Jeremy Corbin in the election. <laughs> I I don't think that uh, Piers Corbin is going to get very far. Piers Morgan, on the other hand, uh, he could run. He could he could run for office and um, do something. But I don't think he's interested. He's a tabloid journalist through and through isn't he a yeah, real embodiment lazy. of it there's talking about running emma dent quote code coed code code whatever coat code i think is how you say it uh emma dent coat she was uh the mp for westminster uh labor mp in 2017 first labor candidate to ever win lost in 2019 she's been blocked from running, same old story, blocked from running as a Labour candidate at the next election, and now she's going to run independently in Westminster. So, oh, good. There's uh, another, it's just, yeah, there's just more and more people running independently. Yeah. And we talked last time about Transform and about maybe people coming yeah. together. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's there is definitely enough people that are going to challenge for seats and have a, a half decent go at it that if they were in some sort of coalition, I, I, I don't know. Problem is, like, if they were in some sort of coalition, they would be stronger, and they would they would have you know uh, they'd have more money, they'd have a bigger platform together. But on the other hand, having everybody kind of separate means that you don't. It's difficult to tarnish the movement in the way that tends to happen. I, I it's going to be really interesting. I think what happens in the next the next eighteen months. I think. I mean, I know we all talk about two thousand and sixteen as being this key watershed year because of um trump and brexit um i kind hey, of you think ain't that, seen nothing yet i, I do think that think it's year, all over 20 <laughs> 2024 i think it's going to be um really defining in so many ways i think that we'll get an outcome we'll get an idea of what's going to happen with the ukraine war i think for a start um because and that's because of this rematch between Trump and Biden in the US. Uh, I think a lot of these questions that we're kind of asking about, um, you know, where are we going internationally? Um, how dangerous is that going to get internationally? Um, uh, uh, what, where are the sort of political tides going in terms of all of these debates, including you know the more frivolous ones about cashless societies? Um, uh, frivolous to you? Frivolous to me. I think I think you know we're going to get answers about those kind of and also uh, climate change and all these kind of things. I think we're going to get real indications of of what's going to happen about that by the end of next year, um, by the end of twenty twenty four. Because what, what, you know, what if, do you think about what what's going to come out about climate change? Well, I'm just sort of thinking in terms of. Worse. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think there's every indication that it's going to get that that is going to be a worse situation, but. Um, <laughs> If um if uh, yeah, what are you saying? Maybe... What are you saying, Matt? Are you saying that things the, the climate is going to deteriorate? Well, this is the thing. <laughs> if if Trump gets in again, you know that's going to be just completely off the agenda, isn't it? Um, by uh, by the end of uh, next year, I don't know if maybe Biden might do something to agree something um over the next um twelve to eighteen months that you know that uh, reinvigorates Paris in some way. But it doesn't look like it. But certainly, I think it'll be the, you know, it's going to be the nail in the coffin, isn't it? By the end of uh, by the end of next year, I think if um, if Trump gets in again, and I think it'll be interesting to see how RFK Junior does as well, 
um, whether he, you know, because there is the possibility of him allying with with Trump and running as his uh, running as his running mate. Um, it'll be interesting to see who Trump runs runs with. Um, I he don't know. Corbyn? That you be, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Nick Hancock. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think next year is going to be a weird year um, in in politics, uh, and I think it will answer a lot of a lot of questions. I don't know. It's with climate change. I think. I think maybe we already have the answer to climate change. It's really fucked. Yeah, um, pretty much. So. Um, well, I I think from what you're saying. I get this idea that what you're saying is there's going to be some kind of movement towards uh, what, what I feel like we're at the moment. What's 2023 is like, it's like um, mid mid season or one of the middle seasons of an HBO show where mm. you've had the explosive beginning to things. Yeah. And it's like, actually uh, we want to keep this show going a few years longer. So we're going to do mm. like some like side quests and like yeah. nothing's really being concluded. And I was thinking about this with climate change, like all this stuff about uh, just stop oil and are they doing the right thing? Are they putting people off? And the problem with all of this is that it's all about, and it comes out of this online, like YouTube thing about winning people over to certain positions just for the sake of them, their agreeing or being owned by the other side on and it's because there is no actual policy that you are pushing we are going if we were in power or we have a movement behind a particular um party or whatever and moved into power we would implement these things that would make this happen in the country and you might like some of these things and not like some of these things and you can vote according to whether you do or not and because none of that, it's like abstractly, like, do you believe in climate change? Do you think it's man-made? Do you think we should do something about it? Rather than we would do this and, hey, you might not even believe in climate change or give a fuck, but this is going to change your community in this way. And you might like some of these sort of changes and you might not like some of these other ones. And we can negotiate that because the stuff about that, that's what ULEZ is. And ULEZ is such a sort of small, like, I think ULEZ, like, it seems fine to me and it's been like, the, the 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 negative effects of it have been like totally over emphasized but at the same time the positive effects of it are, are not massive either in the grand scheme of things so you're having this like battle on this like tiny little and this is i think partly the problem with people like starmer is they come in they totally rip up labor's really ambitious green policies like they're impossible to achieve we can't do those but what we can do are these tiny legislative things that will just affect a very small amount of people, um, many of them of, often who are sort of lower middle class, working class, um, living on the peripheries of of the major cities, uh, swing voters, marginal constituencies. And we can only do little things that will affect this small amount of people. And then they realize, oh, we can't even do that. Because actually, electorally, we're, we're in such a fucked position that we have to now cater to those people as well. So they, then they were like, oh, we can't do anything. And it's like, no, if you actually just had the big, massive, ambitious project, you could sell that to people and they could decide, do you want a, a big transformation to how this country's run? Part of it might mean that you're going to pay a bit more to use your car. But another part of it will be that you're going to have like much cheaper energy costs. So you're going to have a, a really, really good... Uh, public infrastructure to get you into the cities, high-speed trains like that, you know. And so, yeah, I do feel like we're in this holding pattern of like just trying to win over an argument where winning it doesn't do anything. 
Anyway, that's a really good point and really well put because I agree with you in the case of Just Stop Oil and but any of these political campaigns, because there's such legislative paralysis that no one's really putting through any interesting legislation. Um, uh, the and because there's such this rise of um, a mediated society, um, everything is just you know, can we get someone to click on this to agree with this? And it's like, well, that doesn't do anything. That's not actually going to achieve anything. That's not go, um, all. It, all that's doing is just being a a, a sort of a weather, a, a quite shitty weather vane um, for how uh, for what the mood of the country is. You may as well take a poll. Um, you know, do you agree with Just Stop Oil? Did they do the right thing to cover um, uh, the prime minister's house in a big black um, uh, thing? Who? I don't um, know. What, what did they? Do? I didn't. I thought they, they, just they went, covered the prime minister's mansion they went in, in the a, house I in a um in a big black banner um to represent the blackness of oil. Yeah. Um, you know. So so everything is just clickbait, really. Um, and that's meaning that there's no wait. That was Greenpeace, by the way. Can I just say that wasn't just stop oil? Oh, that was Greenpeace. Was you it? are smearing the good name of Just Stop Oil. Yeah, it was Greenpeace. Um, I'm sure I saw Just Stop Oil comment about that. I'm sure they commented uh, anyway. on it, but but then because GB News then went to uh, Greenpeace's head office the next day and barged in uninvited uh, to show how rude that can be. Mm, yeah, well, yeah. Well, there you go. So, so again, that's symbolic, isn't it? It's like it's like Kiwis barging into the UK and taking all of our <laughs> top media jobs. You know, if that's the thing, like you want to people taking our jobs, people want to come in and they want to work for the NHS and do the one. But if people want to come in. And they want to work for GB News, then we then no. I'm starting a new party with Piers Corbyn. Cash, cash full society, no Kiwis. Uh is that is that that's I think we've got everything. Okay. Great. Uh I'll see you next week, Matt. Okay, that'd be great. See you on Thursday.